it's so good for us to be here this morning. I've got something on my heart I thought to share with you, just asking Jesus, what, what should we share about this morning? So this is a season, Christmas is a season of giving, right? It's a season of giving and receiving of gifts. If you've got children, you'll know about that best, but often we will. We'll try and um, uh, bless someone, someone that we love, we'll try and get them something to show that we care for them, to show them that we love them, and often that's something that we do, but it's not always easy to get somebody a gift. You might find, some of you find this easier than others, but sometimes the problem is that what you think you're getting or what you think you're buying to give to someone else isn't exactly what you expected. Have you ever experienced the whole expectation versus reality shopping experience? I've seen lots of nods out there. I'm very sorry for you. You know where you've ordered something and often it's online and when it arrives, you're like, that's not what I wanted. Well, I found five people who, sadly, this happened to them, and they are hilarious, but it's a good launching point for the preach this morning. So let's have a look at some of these pictures. These are some guys who got gifts. Maybe some of you asked for AirPods. Anybody asked for AirPods this morning, if you opened up that, that is not an AirPod. That will not fit your ear. It will do something completely different, but that's what somebody ordered and what they actually received. So sometimes what you order is an absolute fake. The gift you get is not even close to what you've wanted. <laughs> if this has happened to you, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. If you've got any um, music device or anything that fits in your ears, just check it when you get home that it doesn't spray water at you. All right, the next one is maybe sometimes you get more than what you asked for. So somebody on the left said, I really want that dinosaur cushion cover. It looks beautiful. It looks amazing. If your kid loves dinosaurs, they'll be so fantastic. But your heart would sink when you realize the cover's got the print of the boy as well on it. <laughs> you didn't ask for the boy. Your son or your daughter is going to be lying on a face of another boy sleeping. That's super awkward. Sometimes you get more than what you actually asked for. What about the third one? Sometimes it looks the same, but it definitely isn't. <laughs> I enjoy my shoes. I will not be buying shoes online for a while, I think. Those are very popular Adidas shoes, apparently, and those are what they got. Hopefully, they did not cost the same price. They do look quite comfortable, and maybe they're trending. Young guys, you can tell us afterwards if those are worth pursuing, and those are better. David says, no, cancelled. That's not worth getting. Next one, maybe you're not given all of what you've asked for. That blanket, you're all thinking holidays, a book, a movie, and that blanket, holidays are made, and you're so excited, there comes your delivery, and all you've got is a few little threads that, um, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last one, perhaps your expectations are not quite met. So you ordered that plastic chair for your dining room online, maybe you bought six of them, maybe you went eight, but you're like, it's such a good deal, and when they arrived... <laughs> You invited your guest to have a seat, and good luck for Christmas lunch, all right? Aren't you glad when we bought these new chairs, we did our homework, hey? That would be funny if we're all sitting on those tiny gray chairs. The point is, sometimes we don't always know what we're getting. Sometimes we don't always know what we're asking for. Sometimes we don't always know what we receive. So knowing this, knowing the potential that we can have something that isn't quite real, or the potential for us wanting something but receiving something else, there's always the potential for us getting a gift that's false, a fake, an impersonation. A, um, um, it's just not quite what you asked for. Knowing all of that, my question for us this morning on this Christmas day is, do you know what gift God has given to you? 
do you know the gift that God says I'm giving to you? What have you asked for from God? That's important. If you don't ask correctly, you might get something that's weird and wrong. What have you received from God this morning? And then, do you possess and have the actual gift that God has given? Or have you accepted some form of a mimic, something fake, something that's deceiving? Now, before we start thinking about what we've been given and what we have, let's make this point very clear as we start. When we're talking about receiving a gift from God, God is a good gift giver. He's the best that we could ever have, right? God is generous. God is compassionate. He has all things. And when he gives to us, he gives motivated by love. Not out of expectation, not out of obligation. God gives because he loves us and he gives well. I'm going to look at four quick verses that just point to how God gives to us. They'll appear on the screen Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, talking about us, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, moms and dads, you might have given gifts to your children. They were so happy and they were excited, so excited and they said, I love you for the first time in months. That's wonderful. But here it's saying, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So the first point is God's a good father. He doesn't just give any gift. He gives good gifts. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved us that he gave. Why did he give? Not because he had to. There wasn't no expectation. But God said, I actually love you so much, I'm going to give. But what does he give? He gave his best. The most priceless possession God would have had is his only son, Jesus. And he said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you my son. Luke 11 verse 9 says, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Don't you love that? The giver of good gifts is saying to you and me, have confidence to ask me for gifts. Have confidence to come and knock on my door and say, please could you give Please, could you provide? He's not going to sigh and say, oh, wasn't that enough that I gave you yesterday? Or you still want more? No, no, he says, ask and I'll give. This last verse kind of emphasizes that as well. 1 John 3 verse 1. This is from the NIV. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us that it did not know him. I love that word lavish. God lavished his love upon us. Um, there was a preacher who once at this very pulpit told a story where he wanted to spend some time with his daughter. And so he, um, he took his daughter out and he said, I want to go buy you a dress. I want to spend time with you. I want to spoil you. I want you to go buy a beautiful dress. So off they went and she sees in the shop two amazing dresses. And she says, Dad, that one's beautiful, and that one's beautiful. Which one do you think I should have, Dad? And he looked at both, and you know what he said to her? He said, you know what, my love? I'm going to buy you both. And she was shocked. Why would you? I want, I want to buy you both because I want you to understand what to be lavished means. Because I know you're going to read this verse in the Bible. It says, God lavished his love upon us. And I want you to remember that when you think you're getting one, God's going to give you even more. I want you to give a, I want you to understand what an abundance means. And it's a beautiful story that he taught his daughter, but that's what I want us to understand this morning. 
who God is when he gives to us. That's our launching point. God is good. He gives with love. He gives of his best. He gives because we've also asked and he'll give more and he'll lavish upon us even more. That's the one that we're talking about. So we need to know that he's a good giver, but then we need to know what is it that God gives. We need to know what is it that we need. We need to know what is it that we ask for. What is it that God actually gives you and me? Now God, being such a good giver, God knowing the circumstances you and I are in this very morning, the state that we're in, God knowing our very needs, God knowing what is absolutely best for you and me, in all these things, in all the things that God could give, in everything that perhaps you would add on your list to God, God's choice of a best gift for you and me is a person. The greatest gift that we receive, that we celebrate today, is the person whom we celebrate today, and that's Jesus. So put the, put the, put the steps together, right? Good giver, perfect giver, gives lavishly, gives what we need, and says, I know what you need, and you need Jesus. You might disagree and say, Lord, I think I could do something else. He says, no, no, trust me. You need Jesus. Jesus and this gift was promised for thousands of years. Came as a baby into this world, born into humble circumstances. He is the gift that God chose to give to you and to me and to the whole world. And from that moment that he was born, the world would never be the same again. We're a testimony of a world that has not been the same since 2,000 years ago a baby was born. He is the gift that you and I should want. We should desire and we should ask for him. That should be our focus today. Jesus, we want you. He's the perfect gift for us. Jesus is everything that you and I need. The Apostle Paul wrote in um, one of the letters, I think it's in Philippians. He says, I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to be poor. And then he said, I know what it's like to be rich. I know what it's like to have an abundance. And he said, but in all these things, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now what he means is, whether I'm rich or poor, whether I have little or much, if I have Jesus, I have everything that I would need. I have everything. I'll be content. I'll be satisfied. I'll be perfect. I would have enough. Jesus is our gift this morning, given by a good giver, given perfectly, given lavishly, given motivated by love. Our response needs to be, Jesus, if you're what God chose for me to have, I want you. I want you. So knowing this, we're going to carry a responsibility. And here's the challenge this morning. If we don't take this challenge seriously, there's a good chance we're going to possess something that's false. If we don't take this challenge seriously, you might be possessing something that's not real. You might be taking on something you think's from God, meanwhile it's from somebody else who scammed you. Or you might be receiving from God, but you're only receiving part of what he wants to give to you. Here's three challenges this morning. The first challenge is you and I, knowing the giver, knowing the gift, is our response has to be, we will receive this gift. We have to receive this gift. God gives to us because we must, sorry, God gives to us, but we have to choose to accept Him. Were you to say, were anyone to say to God, no thank you God, this is a bit weird, you give me your son, I don't want him. 
No, thank you. You can keep Jesus. God would still give Jesus. He was given, whether you liked it or not, whether you asked or not. Jesus wasn't given because we asked for him. Have you thought of that? God didn't say, they keep asking me for someone. They keep asking me for a savior. They keep asking me for a Messiah. They keep asking me for a king. Well, who should we give? Who's good enough? Oh, it's going to have to be Jesus. No, no. God never thought that way because we asked. God gave because it was his choice. We received something we didn't even know we were asking for or what we needed. God, out of his love, chose to give us Jesus. God knew this was the only way. Whether we accepted him or not, he still said, I give to you. If you this morning have never accepted Jesus into your life, the gift of Jesus, the person of Jesus as a savior, as a Lord, as a king, you can't leave the gift behind. God has still given it. He's not going to get a refund. He's not going to send it back to the shop and say that they didn't want it. Jesus has been given for every single one of us. And the Father's hope is that there'll come a day that you say, I'm ready for it now. I want him. I want this gift. You know, many, many people rejected Jesus when he walked upon this earth for those 30-something years. Many hearts were hard towards him. Today, many people are wanting another gift. Can't we have something else? We don't want Jesus. Give us wealth, God, and we'll be fine. We'll be satisfied. Give us fame and fortune. Give us long living and we'll be good. No, God says you don't need those things. Those things will be left behind someday, but Jesus will be with you for always. Some people, some people said we don't want this person. God is saying this is best for us, given with love. Our first response, my friends, is a gift has been offered. Receive the gift. Receive Jesus. The second challenge is you need to know the gift that's given. Know the gift that's given. We need to know who Jesus is. He's a person. He's a person who is to be known. He's a person who is to be met. Jesus is a person who can be heard, who can be experienced. My question to you this morning is, do you know him? Do you know the gift that you've been given? Is the Jesus that you know the real Jesus? Not the South American football player, but the real Jesus. Is he the true son of God? Is he the Jesus that the Bible tells us all about. Is that the Jesus that you know? Because here's the problem, and I've done this before, we can far too easily change who Jesus is for us. We can slowly change his character. We can slowly change his actions. We can slowly change his story. We can change his proximity and say he's not even here with us. He's far away. We can change who he is. The moment we change him, we're giving up the pure genuine gift for something fake and false. You may as well take those fake AirPods and good luck putting them in your ear, but that's what we're doing. Think about Mary and Joseph. When they were given this gift, they weren't just given a carpenter. Joseph wasn't given a son who would be a carpenter with his own business. The wise men, the magi, they weren't just given another wise person to read about or to listen to and listen to his wisdom. The shepherds were not just given a man who would be comforting and caring, who would be called a lamb, who maybe they could associate with. They were given more than just that. They were given a savior. They were given not just any person. We are given the only son of God, the only one 
who could save us. The only one who is king of kings. I've used that line a bit lately. King of kings. And the problem there is that we could say that line so quickly that we lose the emphasis of what king of kings means. But I, I enjoy a bit of history. And I enjoy watching a bit of history. And you know, you watch like the greats, like Alexander the Great, who led the, 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 the Greek Empire, or Julius Caesar, who led the Roman Empire. It was massive in its days. You even got characters in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, who led the Babylonian Empire. You've got all these greats, these men who wielded power, that empires would follow after them. People were so afraid to enter into their presence lest they would be killed. Nations would surrender and, and, and make coins with their faces on. And that's, that, that's what was happening. You know, those men, those most powerful men of our history, when they stand before this, 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 this baby who was born in Bethlehem, who became a carpenter, who became this, this, the savior of the world in humble circumstances, who was crucified on the cross, when they stand before him, they'll go on their knees and they'll worship him and say, you are the king. You are the king of all kings. That's the king that we belong to. That's the king that we worship and we celebrate. Of all the celebrities that we think are worth something, everyone will bow before this Jesus. Too often Jesus is just the character of a storybook. Too often he remains a relic of our faith. Too often he's a distant God who we will only come to know one day He's too often forgotten. We were not given a judge. We are not given um, a genie in a lamp who um, asks us, what wishes would you have today? We're not just given a symbol who tells the world what we believe in. We're given a king, a king of kings. We're given a savior who saves every single one of us. Too often Jesus can become a gift that is not exactly what God intended to give to us. We can change him. We can receive part of what was promised. We can receive a gift that's not quite what the giver desired to give. Even Jesus' followers, when he was um, uh, walking upon this earth, when he was ministering to people, he had thousands who followed after him. There was one moment they were so close to crowning him king. They said, you're the king of the Jews. They loved him. And they said, you're the promised king. You're the one who's going to save us from this Roman empire. You're going to raise up an army. They liked that about him. But when he said, actually, I first need to suffer. I need to be the king who would suffer for you first. That's the only way I can set you free. They didn't like that part. And thousands ran away from him. He says to them, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, unless I die for you, you cannot be saved. And they didn't like that part. They liked the part of a great king. They didn't like the part of a suffering servant. They didn't receive the full gift that God gave. They forfeited the genuineness of the Savior, Savior, Savior offered in place of what they thought was better. But Jesus did go on to suffer despite many running away. That is not God's fault. Because remember, He gives what's good and He gives well and He gives perfectly. So we need to know who Jesus is. Why did He come? What did He come to do? Where is He? Who is He? Isaiah 9 verse 6, it's a very popular verse around this Christmas time, but it just declares the promise that God's made. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He will rule and reign. 
Kingdoms and governments will fall below him. He is the one who carries them. That's how strong he is. And his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that list could go on about who he is. Do you know him? Are you desiring Jesus today? Do you want him? This gift that's been perfectly offered to you. And if so, go after him. Take him. Receive him. And receive the true Jesus that the Bible tells us of. Make every effort to know him more and more. Don't rely on tradition, but know him from the Bible. Don't make him up, but let the Bible shape the very character of who Jesus is. Spend time praying so that you can learn to hear his voice in the midst of a very noisy world. Learn the voice of the gift given to you. How incredible is that thought? That the very same voice that spoke everything into creation, the beauties and the wonders of this world spoken by a voice came to life is the exact same voice that wishes to speak to you when you're all alone in a room. It says, can I, can I talk to you too? Long for that voice. Desire that voice. He wants to speak to you. He's the gift given to us. I want to encourage us, especially with the new year coming up, don't pursue to grow in religion or religious practices. Grow in your knowing of Jesus. Desire him and all else will follow. Everything else that we are to become. Jesus had 12 disciples who he spent time with who he engaged with, who he spoke to, and the world was changed forever because of 12. I believe Jesus still disciples you and me today. He still speaks to us. He still leads us and encourages us, gives us direction. So, second challenge. Third challenge this morning. Receive the gift. Know the gift that you've received. And now the third one, you've got to live with the gift. The best gifts that we get are the ones that we put to use. The worst gifts, I guess, are something you put away and you never, ever look at it. But the best gifts you get are when you may be unwrapped and you're like, where are the batteries? That's why you have to buy batteries, right? Where are the batteries? I need to get this thing going right now. Those are the best gifts that you just want to put it to action straight away. Jesus wasn't given to us to become a statue or a symbol that we turn to for requests or for moments of protection or to appease the gods. That's not who he is at all. Jesus is a person given to be loved, given to be spoken to, to be given time, to be known, to be experienced. Jesus said this, one of his final statements before his disciples in Matthew 20, he says, I will be with you always. That's a promise that we've got to hold on to. I will be with you always. Is he with you? Is he with you today? If he's not, have you got the right Jesus with you? Or are you holding on to the right Jesus? Have you received the right Jesus? The promise that he made, not me, he made, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. I'm with you. This gift is with you all the time. When you leave your home, he leaves with you. When you're in your car, he's in the car with you. When you're studying, he's studying with you. He can't cheat for you, but he's there with you, right? He's helping you guys. When you're with family, he's there with you. When you're going through the hardest moment of your life, he's there with you. He doesn't depart for a moment. He's always with you. 
Jesus is not to be put on the shelf. He's not to be kept in a book. Jesus must not stay in the Bible. He must be in our lives. He cannot stay in the Bible. He doesn't belong in the Bible. The Bible is not the end. It's a means to the end. But he'll come out of those very pages and live within you. He'll live amongst us. Jesus is to be put to action, put to life. We ought to use him. How do we put him to action? Be led by him. Choose to follow him. As you know him, turn to him. Turn to him in your thoughts, in your actions, in your decisions. Turn to him for faith. Turn to him for courage. Turn to him for love and for mercy. Turn to him for wisdom, for calling, for direction. Turn to him. Today, for many of us, our thoughts will be with Jesus. But can I encourage us, even as we look at this nativity scene, I just, I just feel the challenge for us this morning is we need to fight for our possession and our knowing and our living with Jesus. I think he's fighting back for his name. He's fighting back for himself, saying, I want you to have me. And if you've had anything less than me, it needs to go. I want to give you what's genuine, real, and right. So know that today a gift is given. You can say no, but it's still given. It's given without condition. It's given with love. It is given. We've been given the Son of God, Jesus, the promised Christ, the promised Messiah, the promised Savior. He's come, and he's come to set us free. He's come to give us life and love. He's come to give us hope. He's come to restore our lives with God. I ask the question, have you accepted him? this gift. Do you know him? Is he only a Christmas decoration that comes out in December? Or is he only a carol that you sing about on Christmas Day? He was promised for thousands of years, and today we remember the day that he came. A promise was fulfilled, born so humbly, where no child should be born, let alone a king. But what I love is, Jesus isn't a nativity scene either. He isn't only a baby in a manger. Yes, he was, but he isn't that. He's the man who told the whole region that the kingdom of God has come. He's the man who healed the sick. He cared for people. He set the oppressed free, and he taught the very ways of God. He's the man who was falsely accused and wrongly judged. He's the man who went to the cross, and he died there, taking on God's wrath for you and for me. He's the man who rose from the dead, conquering sin and conquering death. He is a conqueror. He's the man pronounced the Son of God, pronounced the King, pronounced the Savior, and pronounced the Lord. He's our Savior who lives today, and He's our Savior who will come again. He's our perfect gift given by a perfect Father. Is this the gift that you've received? This is the gift that was given. Receive Jesus. Receive him. Fight for him. Long for him. To conclude, if this is the gift we receive and our need is to receive it, it's worth asking, well, what can we give? It's a season of receiving and giving. What can we give? How are we to give? How do we give to God? Well, in my thought of this, I think the best way we can give to God is giving him our surrender. You might be thinking, God, I need to pay you money. I need to give you 
my goods. I need to bring some treasures. You, you might think along those lines. I think God says, I want you to surrender. I want you to give me your all. God wants you to come before him humbly for the God that he is, for the good giver that he is. I love some of the lines that we get to sing in some of our songs. And the one, the one carol, Oh Holy Night, that line always hits me. It says, fall upon your knees and hear the angels' voices. There's just a sense of the glory and the magnitude and the wonder of who Jesus is. And our response, not in shame, but in glory and worship and giving back to God, is just fall on your knees. That's good enough. Humble yourself before a good, giving God. Our very own John O'Warmington, and we claim him as our very own, because he is ours, we possess him, and he may not go anywhere. But he wrote a song called Closer. This whole year it's been stuck in my head. But there's a line that says, I've all of nothing to bring, just a handful of filthy rags to a king. But I come closer still as you're drawing me in. I just love that. Because I'm wondering, Lord, what can I give to you? And he says, Greg, whatever you bring is filthy rags. So just come with your empty hands. Come ready to receive. Come ready humbly to adore me and just to love me. That is our response. Surrender to him. He wants you. You know, Jesus, when he was a young boy, within those two years of him being born, the magi came, the wise men came, and they brought treasure to him. Never asked for it, but they brought him treasures as an act of worship. But never again does Jesus ask for money. Instead, he gives. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Feed the crowds. Get what we have and give. He never asks for money. He never asks for treasure. Jesus never asks for fame. And he never asks for man's praise. He even says, your praise means nothing to me. I've got one who I'm accountable before, and that's the Father. He speaks to me. He is my testimony. Jesus doesn't ask of us for money or wealth or finance. Those things he uses for his kingdom, but he doesn't ask of that as he gives us himself. Instead, you know what Jesus does ask for? He says to the disciples, follow me. That's what we do. Follow me. Follow me. So what can we give God? What can we give to Jesus? Follow him. Follow him. Come humbly before him and adore him. What can we then give to others? What can we give to one another? Jesus helps us with this. And he helps us with the greatest command. When asked, what's the greatest command? He says, well, it's to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's us giving him our all. Is there anything more you could give? No, give him your all. But then he says, likewise, love one another just as I have loved you. What can we give to each other? Give love. Jesus says, how will the world know that you are my disciples? That you would have love. Love one for another. Love each other. This is a wonderful season. That there's joy and there's hope and there's goodness and there's promises fulfilled. Can I encourage you in this season, look for opportunities to love each other. Love one another as we've been commanded to. Not just for Christmas, always. That is how we give. That is how we can be generous by our love to people around us. So, I encourage us, church, receive from God His perfect gift in Jesus. Give back to Him yourself. Give love to others. A Merry Christmas to all of you. Be loved and love in return.
Can I pray for us this morning? Would you mind standing? I'll be the Grinch this morning with the bad news that we are not serving coffee. It's okay. You've got places to be, I'm sure. But thank you for being here this morning. It's so good for us to celebrate. If you are around in the area for the next few weeks, come join us next week, Sunday, and right through January. We'd love to be with you. Could I ask you just for a moment, just if you're happy to, just close your eyes. And when, when you do, all I'm asking you to do is just think. Just think if anything said this morning just nudges your heart a bit. I'm not going to ask you to respond to me. Respond to the giver this morning. God says, I've given you something. Will you respond? Maybe ask the question of yourself, Jesus, do I actually know you? Do I have the Jesus that's promised? Because what's offered is pure, genuine, and real. Receive him. And as you're doing that, I think it would be a miss if we don't give the Father the opportunity to give what he longs to give, and that's salvation this morning. So can I ask, and again, I, I, I won't embarrass you this morning. If this morning you've feeling in your heart, saying, actually, Jesus, I don't think I've ever asked you to be my gift, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. Jesus, I actually want to follow you. I don't know what that means, but I want to follow you. I want to surrender. Perhaps this morning your heart is humbling itself and saying you've got to surrender. Could I ask you, no one's looking, it's just me, would you mind just raising your hand up high? And that's all I'm going to ask you to do this morning. Raise your hand up high just so I know that if I pray, I can pray a prayer with you this morning. Okay, I see some hands out in the side hall. I just want to give a moment. There's a gift that's given, an incredible person, Jesus. He's given freely this morning, and all we have to do is say, Lord, I receive. It's a hand up in the balcony. It's a hand up in the balcony. I'm going to pray. For those guys with hands up, all you need to ask Jesus this morning is exactly what I've said. Jesus, I need you and I want you. Come save me. And if you're happy to, come and see me straight after this meeting in the front or go to the lounge and someone might be there. Someone will be there just to tell you what decision you've made. But Lord, we thank you this morning that you give. But you don't give anything. You gave your only son, Jesus, knowing that he was your best to give, knowing, Lord, that he was everything we need. So this morning, Lord, for those hands who are saying this morning, Jesus, I want you. Oh, Lord, I just pray that their hearts would burst with life and joy and salvation this morning. May they just know, Lord, that they're not the same as the person who came in. May they feel richer. And more loved than alive, I pray, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you saved this morning. And then, Lord, for us, Jesus, our heart's desire is that we would know you. Our longing and our need is that we would know you, Jesus, for everything that you are. You are good, so good to us, Lord. May anything, Lord, that is a lie or false or wrong about you be stripped away. And may we start to build everything of who you are with faith and with love and with joy. And may we, as we go into this new year, Lord, and we go, Lord, being led by you, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our own Jesus who's with us always. You're so good to us, Lord. Bless us, love us, care for us. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.